0: Okay hey guys, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn to Second Thessalonians chapter one. Second Thessalonians chapter one. And we're going through this series entitled Peace in the Coming Storm. And really this is a good series for us to do right now. We're looking at a church that existed in Thessalonica that was really going through it, except their storm was persecution, severe persecution, and suffering and even poverty that they were going through in the midst of all that was going on and their strength was in Christ and they could have peace. And And Paul's telling them that in these letters. And so we've gone through 1 Thessalonians. We're now into 2 Thessalonians where he's kind of giving them some further instructions and and answering some further questions that they might have. And so we're in that very beginning part of chapter 1 where you, normally it's a, an area of prayer where Paul is praising them for something. And we saw that last week. We saw the things that he was sharing with them. But this week, he in his prayer, he kind of goes off really on a rabbit trail, so to speak, that I think is really good for you and I to consider because I think it's where most of us live. What do you mean, George? Well, I think a lot of us, if we were honest with ourselves, we, we don't express this out loud, but we have open wounds. What do you you mean by that, George? Well, all of us here have open wounds. Now, I'm not talking about physical wounds, so people aren't walking around bleeding all over the place. But rather, they're emotional wounds. Because somebody or somebody's hurt you in the past and the pain was real and you live with that pain sometimes you are in the midst of anger because of the pain you want to retaliate some of you have maybe even had the opportunity to retaliate but that didn't take care of the pain or the wound do you you understand what I'm saying? And so we live with these open wounds. Some of them are like what happened last week. For some of you, it's what happened 20 years ago. Or longer. For some of you, it's because of something somebody did, and they're no longer alive. I remember years ago when Lori and I were first married, before I went and took my first church in Canada. I was filling in little churches in Indiana County and um, we were filling in at a little church in Sagamore, PA. And um, I remember being there getting ready to preach and people were all worked up. You know, you can tell when people in a church are just talking to each other. And I said to somebody, what's going on? Oh, so-and-so's here today. Oh, what's so exciting about that? Well, they haven't been here in years. And it's, she's here, but he's not here. Well, why did they leave? Well, they got upset with this person. Who, who was that? Oh, it doesn't matter. He's been dead 10 years. Why did it take them so long? The wounds were real, right? So let me give you a couple of points here, okay? We struggle with anger and hurt towards those who harm us. We struggle with anger and hurt towards those who harm us. And and I'll be honest with you, it's real. I mean, I can think back to instances, I'm I'm just a normal human being like you are, so there have been people who have done me wrong and done Lori and I wrong, and you think you've got it under control till you see them. And then immediately, it just wells up inside of you. The hair stands up on the back of your neck. And you just get angry. And you're saying to yourself, well, I thought I dealt with it. I thought I forgave them. Why am I still feeling this way? Because you have an open wound. Because the, the anger is real and the hurt is real because of what has been done. And in your mind, can I be honest with you? Nobody resolved it. Nobody resolved the issue. Even if there was a I'm sorry, that didn't resolve the issue. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? Because even if you have someone say to you, I'm sorry that I did this, and genuinely say that, sometimes it's not genuine, but genuinely say to you, I'm sorry. That doesn't resolve the issue in our hearts sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Because the pain is real and the hurt is real. So we have these open wounds. We struggle with anger towards those who hurt us. So let me just say this real quick. I've recognized this through the years. I remember one time in a situation, was involved in the situation I didn't want to be involved with, but When you're a pastor, you're called into these situations and there was an offense that took place from one person to another. And quote, there was a reconciliation. But here, six, seven months later, the person who was hurt was still expressing that hurt. Which is only, can I just go ahead and tell you, natural. It's only natural. We say they went through a reconciliation. No, no, you need to understand Pain is real. Hurt is real. You just can't sweep it under the carpet and everything will be okay. Do, do you understand? So I remember being with the person who had hurt them who was, who had, had, had said that they were sorry and they expressed their remorse and, and asked for forgiveness and everything. And this is six months later and he was frustrated. Well, when's she going to get over this? That's a natural reaction because I've heard that same reaction multiple times later from other people. But let me say this. When Jesus comes back, that's when the answer is. Because he's the one who wipes away every tear and removes every hurt. And the pain being expressed towards you because you hurt someone, that's called a consequence. So we struggle, and it's just not easy to get rid of it. Did you understand what I'm saying? It's just not easy to get rid of it. Here's the second thing. This can lead to the bondage of bitterness. This hurt and pain, especially if we don't know how to deal with it, We don't know the proper way to channel it can lead to the bondage of bitterness. Have you ever met somebody who is in bondage to bitterness over somebody who has hurt them or somebody who has wounded them in a severe way? Have you ever met somebody who's in bondage to bitterness? It's like when you talk to them and you say, oh, how are the Steelers doing this week? Well, you know, so-and-so... You were asking about football, and they brought, up, they brought up their pain. They brought up their hurt. Why? Because they're in bondage to the anger and the pain of the hurt. And it's real. Let me tell you how real it is, because it's real whether it's nations, it's real whether it's families, it's real because we like to think that we're only responsible for ourselves. Well, I didn't live back when my grandpa lived, so I'm not responsible for him. Uh, Wait a minute. Then why is the family that was hurt by your grandpa still remembering it and carrying it over to you? It's because the hurt wasn't resolved. Well, grandpa's dead. Yeah, but that bitterness keeps going on. Why do you think when we look at the Middle East, we're looking at emotions that have been going on for a thousand years? Because it's never been resolved. See, it's easy to say, well, I didn't, it wasn't me. Yes, but it might have been somebody in your family. See, this this is the real thing. These are open wounds that we have to deal with. Now you say, okay, George, wonderful. Where are we getting at here with this? Well, that's where Paul comes up when he's been talking to the Thessalonians about the growth in their life. He, He expresses this kind of side passage he goes on. So I want you to notice with me, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at verses 6 through 10. Here's what he writes. Since it is a righteous thing with God to repay tribulation, to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. In a flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. And when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among those who believed because our testimony among you was believed. All right, now here's what we're going to do folks. We're going to talk about a couple of things here because here's the reality All right, so let's just start off. Every single one of us has wounds of some type. I'm going to be honest with you, till Jesus comes, there will be further wounds added to you. Just being real. You need to understand that. With those wounds, some of those wounds are because of the gospel, because of what you believe. Some of those wounds will be because of rejection and people not liking you because you are a Christian. In fact, that's becoming the attitude today a lot of ways in our world. So what do you do with that? Because those feelings are real. Those feelings are really real in the sense that you want to react to that. Well, he's going to tell us here that you've got to get it all in perspective. Because number one, we're going to see this in verses 6 and 7. There's an accounting. There's going to be an accounting that takes place. And then we're also going to see the whole day of retribution in verses 7 to 10. Because have you noticed, let's be honest, I've lived long enough a lot of you have re- reflected on this. We we sometimes adopt an attitude that nobody's ever really held accountable. You know what I mean? We, we, we reflect upon that and we think, like, nobody's really ever held accountable. So, for instance, some of you know that um, back in 1986, my dad was murdered in Columbia, South Carolina for $75. And uh, the gentleman who... Um, killed him, was sentenced uh, to a minimum of 22 years. A minimum, that's what the sentence was, up to, I forget now, how it doesn't matter what, how much. But it was supposed to be a minimum of 22 years. Here's what happened. After 14 years, the state decided that they had too many people in prison, they let him out in the state of South Carolina, paroled him. What happened to the minimum? So then you just think to yourself, is there ever a day of reckoning? Is there ever an accountability for people? You could name probably, that's an extreme situation in my case. But you know what I'm talking about. People who do you wrong, like will they ever be held accountable? They seem to just get away with it. You ever met somebody like that? Oh man, they're a scoundrel. How do they get away with it? They seem like they always turn out gold. Reminds me of a story read in Daily Bread, okay, 10 years ago, all right? It was a story of a group of farmers in the Midwest, and this group of farmers all went to the same church. So they did not work on a Sunday. Now, there was another farmer in their community who wasn't a believer, didn't care, he worked on Sunday. Come harvest time, he had a more bountiful harvest than they did. It was then reported that he took out a full page ad and said, See, you go and worship your God. I didn't, I don't have a God, I don't care about God, I can do my own thing. Look, I'm in a better situation than you are. And you don't you guys he just was downplaying what they believed and denigrating God. The next day, there was just a little brief block ad in the paper that said God doesn't reckon things in October meaning there's a day of reckoning coming and it's not during harvest time and that's the reality and that's what we're going to see here so let's look at it together let's look at the accounting here's the first thing he says verse 6 and 7 Since it is a righteous thing for God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Two things here I want you to see about the counting. Number one, it is a just thing that God will punish those who oppress and afflict us. Look, here's the thing. As you go about life, you're going to have people that hurt you And the reality is, in their hurting you, they will, it seems like they're getting away with it. They'll never be held accountable. The fact of the matter is, yes. God sees it as a just thing to punish those who afflict his children. Bottom line. It's a just thing to the Lord. This is not a reaction from him. This is his justice. And there will be an accounting one day. Everyone will have to give an account. When you go to Revelation chapter 20 and you see the great white throne, verses 11 through 14, the great white throne and him who sits on it, from whom the face of the earth wants to flee. And it says that all will appear before him and all of the books will be opened. What are the books? The record of their lives. Stuff that they had forgotten that they had done. The fact is, is there is an accounting that's coming. People don't get away with stuff. It seems like it, but they don't. He's going to hold them accountable. It is a just thing for God to deal with it. That's why he says to us, leave it with me. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Give place to wrath. Not wrath on your own part, but give place to the wrath of God. His is a righteous judgment. There is no getting off sooner. That's the first thing. That's the first aspect of the accounting. The second aspect of the accounting has to do with you. What do you mean? Look with me at verse 7 and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed. Here's here's the second thing I want you to see here. The Lord will also give complete rest to you at the coming of Jesus Christ. He'll give complete rest to you. All right, think about this for a moment. All right, so we talked about open wounds. You go along and you're okay for a little bit, but then you think, okay, I got this under control. I don't need to worry about this. I finally am regressed with this situation. Then all you need to do is hear a song. Somebody says the right word at the wrong time. And those emotions well back up in you. The hurt and the pain returns like a flood And you thought you had it under control, right? And you realize real quick, it's still there. The pain's still real. And then despair happens. When will I ever get over this? Did you understand what I'm talking about? When, when will I ever get over this? When Jesus comes back, when you go to be with him, if he doesn't come back sooner, and you go to be with him in death, then it'll be over. And he will give you complete rest. Is that not awesome? He will give you complete rest. Think about this for a moment. When you come to Revelation chapter 21, and it says that he will wipe away every tear. The tears that he's talking about wiping away, folks, aren't tears of joy. But literally, the hurts, the wounds are healed. Is that not awesome? See, so on one hand, he's saying here in verse 6, it is a just thing for God to deal with those who have hurt you. And then he says, and he will give you rest. Rest. Don't we want the rest? Isn't that what we want? So let's talk about the day of reckoning. We see it there in verse 7 and 10. We'll go through these individually. Look with me at verse 7. Excuse me, verse 8. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not believe God, on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so the reckoning is coming. When is it going to happen? First of all, the reckoning will take place at the second coming of Jesus Christ. The reckoning will take place. You mean on the day that he shows up there's going to be the reckoning? No, no, it's it's kind of telling you when Jesus comes back, he sets in motion a, a, a large amount of events that will ultimately culminate in the great white throne judgment. And the fact of the matter is, is that there is a reckoning. He will set all things right. He is the healing of nations. He is the one who's going to set it all right. There is a day of reckoning coming, folks. Recognize that. Even though it seems like people are getting away with it all the time, that's only for now. It only seems that way now. But folks, God has a long memory. Here's the second thing he says. The Lord will take vengeance on those who do not believe And do not obey. Now he's moving it beyond simply those who are oppressing you, those who are hurting you, to in general he's talking about here now that God is going to take vengeance upon all unbelievers, those who do not believe in him, those who do not trust in him, those who aren't saved, Vengeance will be taken upon them. And not just that, he further delineates it a little bit more and says those who do not obey the gospel of Jesus. What's the gospel? That's the good news. The message of salvation. Those who don't obey in what? Giving their lives to Christ. He's going to take vengeance on them because, why? Because they have rejected the true God. He takes it serious. Very serious. Let me just stop for a moment. I have to stop. This should break our hearts. It breaks my heart. I have loved ones who don't know Jesus. This is what's coming. Do you understand? Oh, everybody's going to be okay, or we think everybody's going to be okay. No, no, it's not going to be okay. We don't know when he's coming, and a lot of you have a sense now, boy, it's like, man, we must be moving there sooner. Well, yeah, if that's true, then, man, you really need, your heart needs to be broken for your loved ones who don't know Jesus. Because when he comes, that's it. That's scary, isn't it? He goes on here, look with me at verse 9. He says this. They shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Here's what happens to those who are punished by Christ. They will experience an eternal punishment and banishment from his presence. The punishment is eternal. Well, I heard some theologians said that they'll be annihilated. They'll wipe out. They'll cease to exist. Ah, No, I don't think so. That's not what's going on here. The punishment is described as taking place forever. But the worst part of the punishment, can I tell you what the worst part of the punishment is? They'll be banished from God's presence. Right now, they're not. It's God's presence that's sustaining things in this world right now. And even though they're rejecting that presence around them, they're, they're not banished from it, but that's what hell is. Hell is not just eternal flames, worm that it does not die, fire that's not quenched. It's not that. It's also you are banished forever from the presence of God. This is that real. But there's one thing for you and I, then, in this verse. Because you say, whoa, George, that's pretty heavy. We're talking about wounds, and and now you've gone off on this. What What about us again? Well, look at verse 10. And let me help you to understand. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among those who believe, because our testimony among you was believed all right so here's what's going to happen so in that day of reckoning when all the wrongs are set right when punishment is meted out to to the wicked here's what happens with you and i in that day believers will marvel at the lord And glorify him. They'll marvel at the Lord. What do you mean they'll marvel at the Lord? Because remember, let's go back. Let's go back to where we were talking about our wounds. Let's go back to where we were talking about that the things that happened to us and and our demand for justice and, and our demand for somebody to bring a reckoning to those who have hurt us. In that day... Because right now, even though somebody tries to help you with it, they can't completely help you with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they don't completely understand what you're feeling. They don't completely understand the hurt and the pain that you're going through. They don't even completely understand what happened. You ever talk to somebody, you try to explain to them what happened, and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they kind of talk to it in a way that is offensive to you because they didn't truly understand what you were talking about. I'm telling you, there is a day when Jesus is going to set everything right. He's going to wipe away the tears from your eyes and you're going to marvel at him. Why? Because he understood. And he reached down into the depths of your womb and he brought healing and he removed the pain. That nobody else could do. That you couldn't do for yourself. And you will glorify him. You will praise him. For the healing that you long for. For the wholeness that you long for. Do you know what I'm saying? That's what it's talking about here. All right, so what what has this got to do with anything, George? Well, I I need you to to think in terms of this, okay? Because right now we live in the age of rage. That's all I can describe it as, the age of rage. Whenever you turn on the news, it is just rage from one talking head to another. Rage, rage, doesn't matter what... Whether you're watching conservative news or other news or whatever, rage, anger, and people who are listening to that are getting angry. What bothers me not is how they're responding, what bothers me is how believers are responding. Because if you're a believer, that's not how you should be responding. Because if you're a believer, you look to the one who's going to set it all right. So here's the point. Look beyond the pain of the hurt to the one who will set all things right. This was real to me this week as I was studying this. I'll I'll explain to you why, okay? So, let's see, this is year 2000. September, 21 years ago, I resigned from my very first church. I left there wounded, hurt. Lori and I were both wounded and hurt. I, I, I left there very angry because I was betrayed by three different men, two of whom I thought were my closest friends one I had been friends with for more than 13 years. It was a mentor in my life. And so time goes on. And you say, have you heard that time heals all wounds? Have you ever heard that? Baloney. Write that down. That's baloney, okay? Or salami, whatever lunch meat you want to use, Okay? But you figure time—you know—time goes on, and you get distracted by other things. And uh, you know, so I was studying this, and I was concluding this message. And I was thinking about look beyond, look beyond the pain and the hurt, to the one who sets all things right. And immediately, my thought goes to those guys. And than two of them are dead now. And I thought, I'm still here, though. And the pain's still just as real. And the betrayal is still just as real. Now, here's the problem, though. When you get focused on that, you forget things. So, because if it wasn't for that happening, I would have never come here. Okay? This has been a whole lot better than there. Okay? Okay? But that pain's still real. So what did I have to do? I had to stop and get control of my emotions and say, "But Jesus, you're going to set all things right one day, and I'm looking to you." Do you know what I mean? Because what what could I do? I could get angry but who am I going to express that to? Lori at home? Next guy who calls me who's a telemarketer? Oh, we're just angry anyhow with him, right? Look beyond the pain and the hurt to the one who said all things right. And remember what he says. He's going to give you complete rest. Why do you think Isaiah says, by his stripes, we are healed? It's all about what Jesus did for you. Something for us to think about. Let me pray for you.